Welcome to the Your Money Hour podcast. I am your host, Dakota Grady. So whether you're listening online or, well, you you have to be listening online, of course, but whether you're in California, Africa, Germany, Ireland, thank you all for joining us. And today I have a guest, actually she's one of my clients. But before we get started, I am Dakota Grady, your host. And if you need help with personal finances, it's summertime, right? So people may take off the summer that means they don't focus on the finance, they focus on spending, right? But I want to encourage you to spend your money wisely this summer, get back on the horse, do your monthly money plan or budget so that you won't be broke. Well, you might be already broke, but you just put your hand in the sand and realize that I, I'm not going to face this problem, but do the right thing, get on the money plan and get out of debt and take care of your finances. DakotaGrady.com is my website. Oh, and if you're also in business and specifically a nurse practitioner who owns a business, I need you to help me help you. Meaning, if you need help with accounting and taxes, let me help you. And today I have a client. My client is Amanda Neal. She is the owner of Ultimate Health, they're at primary care in Florida. So I wanted to invite her onto the show, get her insight about her business and life. So without further ado, Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Dakota, for this opportunity. You're welcome. You're welcome. So tell everybody about who you are and what you do at Ultimate Health. All right. I am, as Dakota said, I'm Amanda Neal. I am an adult and geriatrics uh, certified nurse practitioner in primary care here in the state of Florida. I have been a nurse practitioner for six years. And my story, as I tell everybody, on um, my birthday is March the 12th. On March the 11th of 2020, our governor, who I say is my governor, signed into law that nurse practitioners could be independent or autonomous. I said, oh, daddy God loves me. He made this for me. And so I started all that paperwork to become an independent nurse practitioner, but I was still full-time employed. And I said, okay, now that I have it, now what? And then the ideas of, of ultimate health were birth. Actually, during the process, I had COVID. And while I was home, uh, convalescing is where all the ideas for how ultimate health would flow and, and what we would offer. I it was born on my COVID bed. Wow. Wow. So COVID was a blessing to you? It was. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. The biggest blessing to me. <laughs> so talk about the restrictions that I guess that were prior to the mayor or the governor. The governor, excuse me. The governor signing. Talk about so, the old restrictions, please. So 50 years. Nurse practitioners are registered nurses who've gone back and obtained a higher degree, so a master level or doctoral level degree, to be able to diagnose, treat, evaluate patients. Well, in the previous model for the last 50 years, mm. nurse practitioners had to be under a physician. You had to have a supervising physician. They didn't see your patients. They just signed off. And so after years and years in the, the training that we all had received, we're like, we don't need this extra layer, this extra, you know, here, and especially those who had a desire to be in private practice. Why am I paying you to sign off on what I am doing? And that mm. had been the model. There's been nurse practitioners with independent practice, but they in the fine print, there was a doctor that was signing off. And I'd had the idea years ago, but I said, I'm not paying anybody 
to say that I can do what I can do. And so when the governor signed this law, that restriction was removed. If you had been a nurse practitioner for three years, you were allowed to be independent if you applied for your license and took a few extra courses, which took a weekend. And then I can see my patients, diagnose, treat. I don't have to consult with anyone in the day-to-day. -day. Now it's good practice if it's something more advanced to reach out to a specialist or you know a colleague, but there's no mandate that someone has to sign off on anything that I do anymore. Wow. So how freeing was that for you and just, just your colleagues? Took our hands. I remember in my last evaluation at my former employer, he said, in the evaluation, it says, Amanda um, basically dances backwards in high heels. She fights for her patients. She advocates despite all the barriers placed on her. And I said, you tie my hands behind my back. I scratch like a cat and then I still get it done. And you know that this is going on. So the day that they untied my hands, it was off to the races. It was <laughs> so have you talked to any of your colleagues in the industry and what yeah. have been some response from that? Change. Oh my goodness. So I, I didn't think that I was the only one. I, when I was researching and getting ready, I was following models out in uh, Wisconsin and Kansas because it was direct primary care specifically was already up and running. But the day is like the day that I opened Ultimate Health, all my colleagues locally, like there's a whole network of girlfriends around me doing very similar things. They haven't all ad adopted the full direct primary care model, but they're autonomous. They're doing their own thing. They've got clinics that offer this, that, and the other. And it is a blessing. It has not been without struggle, but we all feel we would never go back. You, you couldn't take us back and put us on payroll. And if you did, you would not be good employees. <laughs> So let's talk about the, well, what is the difference between a NP, a nurse practitioner, and a doctor? Because when I go to the doctor in the past, the doctor was the doctor, and then she would have an NP up under her. But sometimes I would see the NP. So talk about that and just the differences, please. So the model is doctors go to med school. Well, we all start with a bachelor's degree. So we get a bachelor's degree and whatever. And then doctors, they go off to med school. So they advance their education through um, academics. Nurse, nurses, RNs, they go to, they get a bachelor's degree and then they go to nursing school. And we do nursing school. I have a, I have a bachelor's in nursing. So I, four year degree, I did nursing, but then while the doctor's in, it's still doing, um, academics, we're out here taking care of patients. So we're, I'm at the bedside. I'm seeing the different types of things come in day in and day out. And in a weekend, if you, most nurses work 12 hour shifts. So you work three days a week, 12 hours. You see so many people. You're usually assigned seven or eight people. So seven or eight people for three days, that is a large population base. And then you do it year after year before you go back and advance your studies. You have a lot of real life experience. And when you're a nurse, you're not just taking care of the patient laying in the bed, you're taking care of the family members. Like I was palliative care at one point. So I've got the patient in the bed who's transitioning from this life to the next, but I've got the family members who I'm loving on and taking care of. So we become a lot more holistic. And then when we go back to school, we're getting more advanced academics just to kind of like tidy up on a couple of things that may have been missed so that it's standardized. Whereas the physician has been in school the whole time. Then they go to residency and they start doing that. So when they come out, they come out, you know, eight, 10 years later, we've already done life. 
and gotten more education. So um, both of us can diagnose, we both can treat, we can both evaluate. It's just the road that you took to get there. And um, there was something that said like nurse practitioners have the heart of a nurse and the brain of a doctor. <laughs> I never heard it explained that way. I mean, it made sense because y'all get out of school, y'all get a job like almost immediately. Same day. You, yeah, it's like <laughs> you were in school four years, get a job right, right away. And depending on if you want to stay as an RN mm -hmm. or advanced, you're in the field already. And then mm -hmm. someone doing the medical doctor, they're still taking classes while you helping mm -hmm. patients. So, that, so they're learning, the they're point. learning the, they have a lot more advanced education about the how it works, the why it works, we see it work. Right, exactly, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Wow. Now, in terms of direct primary care, talk about that and why did you go that route, please? Absolutely. Direct primary care is a model of care where you pay a flat monthly fee to have access to your, your health care provider. I always explain it like Netflix for health care. So in the direct primary care model, you never pay a copay. You never pay a sick visit and you always have your nurse practitioner or doctor's cell phone number, personal cell phone number, email. The traditional barriers with healthcare, with, with health insurance is you can't text because that's a HIPAA violation. Well, truly under direct primary care, there is no HIPAA violation. HIPAA is connected to um, health insurance. My mm -hmm. cousin, the attorney taught me that. It's connected to health insurance. And so with a direct primary care model, my patient can send me a picture of a wound and I don't have to say, don't text my phone because I could be subpoenaed. I can't be subpoenaed. You can't get my cell phone. It's, that doesn't work. Um, so with the direct model, it's a flat monthly fee. You have 24 hour access. There is no barrier of time. So if you're sick, on a Saturday or a Sunday or Christmas Eve, there's no, well, that, you know, we're closed for the holiday. We don't do that. We, in direct, you don't do that. And so my, what called me to direct primary care was again on the COVID bed, laying there with COVID. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm so sick. I just need IV fluids. And you know what the whole world said? You got COVID. Don't come into the hospital. Don't come into the clinic. No, we're not bringing you IV fluids. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> My entire career, I've run into burning buildings of sick people. You got mono, you got MRSA. I just gown up and I walk in. Now I have COVID. Nobody will come in. I'm like, this is so stupid. So with my... Um, while I was convalescing, I said, when I get up, I'm going to go in when people are sick. I'm going to make house calls. I'm going to allow them to come into my office, of course, keeping the rest of my patients uh, safe. And so that's exactly what I did. So my patients pay that monthly fee. They do not pay for telehealth visits. They just click. This. If it's not something we can take care of via a text or Amanda, I have a UTI. Well, if you are 40 years old, you know what a UTI is. So if you say, Amanda, you have a UTI, I don't tell you, come to the office, make an appointment, give me a sample. You know what a UTI is. I just pick up my phone. My electronic medical record is on my cell phone. I send a script. It's there. Like I kind of like try to beat the clock. You text me, I send it and I send it back. And I'm like, <laughs> it's this game I play with myself um, so that my patients that's what you're paying for it's a it's a premium service because we don't accept your insurance so to add value you had to add value so it's quick it's it's not taking off a whole day for work if you come in to me for an office visit you're not here and that was the other thing with health insurance with health insurance billing using a health insurance model 
you, the, the provider, would bill $150 for an office visit. You submit it to the insurance. They're going to give you a good insurance company. It's going to give you $68. Medicaid is going to give you $28. That's why people don't accept Medicaid, just FYI. They're going to give you $68, and that's someone with good insurance. You're going to give me $68 on what I build $150. Now, I've got electric, I got employees, I got staff, I got computers, electronic medical records, all these things. So at $68 a WAP, I have to see a lot of people. That's why you'll see a practice where they accept insurance. They're seeing 40 people a day. Seeing 40 people a day, there is no quality. If you break it down from eight to five with a lunch in between and seeing 40 people, it's seven minutes. You get seven minutes. You cannot explain anything to your provider. You cannot learn anything about your patient in seven minutes. No good, no, no matter how fast you talk like me. You can't learn anything in seven minutes. So with a direct primary care model, I'm not worried about cost because I already got my money at the beginning of the month. Whether I see you or not, I got my money because you're on a monthly membership. So every 15th, I get my little coins. And if I see you, I see you. If I don't, I don't. And so therefore, there's not this whole, oh, you know, I'm telling my girls, get people in, get me people in. On average, I see about six people a day. I now my now my staff, because we're doing a bunch of extras. Me, I see six people a day. So you know how long I get to chit chat and talk about nonsense? A long time. Long in the seven minutes. Yeah, not seven minutes. So now not, I can do a thorough health history. I can do a thorough assessment. And I'm finding, I'll say to people, so what's up with this alopecia? And the lady, like, she was blown away. Like, you, lady, you know you're sitting there with half your hair missing. And, and she goes, I mean, I've seen 20 doctors. Nobody's even asked about my hair. If I didn't make an appointment about my hair, they wouldn't have said, I'm like, girl, you're sitting there with three dreads in your head. Like, we need to address this hair. Wow, so that's, that's the importance, in my opinion, of real care. Yes. Not rushing people through the process and building a relationship with people. Because once Absolutely. people become your client, if you serve them good, whether it be in healthcare, accounting, taxes, whatever it may be, if you serve people well, treat them like a person, not rushing through the process, then they'll be a client for life. Is that, is that fair to say? Oh, I, yes. I told a lady yesterday, she's my patient. Um, she has Medicare because she's an older adult. Um, she has Medicare. And she, so she's paying to see me above her Medicare premium. And she goes, my husband just called and he's going to come also. Now they're at my top pay because it's based on age. So anyone over 65, it's $100 a month. She says, oh, my husband's coming. And I told her, I said, one time my pastor said, the greatest gift a man can give to a pastor is to bring his whole family. The greatest gift anybody gives me is to bring their whole family. So I'm seeing the mother, the daughter, the cousin, and now the husband, the wife, the nephews. It's so amazing. And that's called a referral. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, you saw me tag my sister in your stuff. That's my sister. <laughs> so, yes, let's talk about that. Let's talk about business. So, business, business, business. All right. So, one thing that I really value is my clients that let me do my job and they communicate with me. You're one of my favorite clients because, like, really? you respond to me when I need stuff. And I mean, and then, you know, we talk on the yeah. phone, email, text, or, or no, not, not text, email, yeah. email and phone. We haven't texted yeah. yet, but email and phone. Yeah. So, but I love the, I love the communication because it's two way. I can't help you. Right. Without information. Right. Like that's my job. I can't do my job without information. So I value when people communicate with me 
and I get stuff I need so I can help them because my job is to help them to focus on their patients. So I love it. So thank you for being a great client. And I just want to ask you, like, how can what advice can you give other people who who are like you in your field who try to do things on their own? And what advice can you encourage them not to do their own bookkeeping? <laughs> I told you. So, oh, so I guess I got to re-ask the question. So, <laughs> You're back. Yes, You're yes, yes. Again. So basically I was saying that, like, I value you as, as I value you in terms of how you basically communicate with me about things because I can't do my job without information, right? So when you respond to me timely, I really, I really appreciate that. So how can you encourage people in your field who try to do the bookkeeping on their own to hire somebody to do the bookkeeping for them? My computer was frozen. Sorry. I heard value you. And then we went out. <laughs> All hard. right. So thank you. But yeah, just let me know that. But how can, well, I value when you communicate with me mm-hmm. about the things that you need, because my job would help you, right? So yes, I can't absolutely. do my job without information. So thank yes. you for being yes. timely responding to my request. Yes. And how can you speak to the people who are in your field, who are trying to do things on their own? That means the bookkeeping and taxes uh-huh. on their own. Tell me, like, what encouraged you to reach out and get, get help? <laughs> I received a letter. <laughs> like, I have this word limit. If it's over 250 words, I can't read it. <laughs> so I received this letter from the IRS or someone about taxes and wanted me to fill out something. I said, uh-uh, uh-uh. I do healthcare. I don't do that. And then I'd ha- I met with a gentleman once before an accountant here locally at the Chamber of Commerce. And it was very kind. And he and I worked together really well. And he said, Amanda, having someone managing your finances essentially is like you having a chief financial officer, you know, a, a partner. And I said, yeah, because I know healthcare and I know it well. I don't know business. I was a nurse. So I had to get a little miniature MBA that I taught myself with Dr. Google uh, um, Dr. Google and, uh, and, and YouTube University, but I didn't learn finances. And so... I knew when I needed help and you called to me because it was all about you were, uh, you know, your target population was me, nurse practitioners that were entrepreneurs. I'm like, ding, that's me. Because I don't, I didn't know that part of it. I, and uh, uh, profit and loss and all that. I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> so thank you for letting me serve you. In yeah. terms of your team, how important is your team to your business? Oh my goodness. I'm nothing without them. I'm absolutely nothing without them. And everybody knows it. Um, valuing them. I told my receptionist, who's also the practice manager, I said, if you left me, I'd stalk your wood. I would <laughs> follow you and you have to get a restraining order on me because they see things that I don't see. They remind me of things that I've said um, because I've got now, I think we're up to 200 patients. I have 200 patients information in here. So they can keep an eye on the, Amanda, you said you were going to order this and you said that we weren't going to see that. They're priceless to me. And since we've been here, I've given them both a raise. They cried like tears from their soul because they're valuable. They're priceless to me. I can do, I can do this by myself. Right. So yeah, having a team is important. And how did you find your team? Like, I know that that's the issue now with hiring, but how did you find the right people? just like everything else. So Nadia, my nurse, Nadia and I came from our old practice together. And I told her, I said, sister, 
I think I'm gonna go rogue, I'm gonna go by myself. She said, I'm going with you. <laughs> so we were kind of hush hush and playing and we'd be outside praying and stuff. And so Nadia and I have been together for six years. She's a, um, an LPN and I already, I have a mentor and mentors are important. Oh, mentor. So my mentor once called me. She said, baby girl, get a pen. I said, yes, ma'am. She was, she said, I was on the treadmill. I got a word for you. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, Amanda, you have to know who's holding your ladder. And I said, okay. She said, you, the visionary can only go as high as the people who are holding your ladder. Mm. I said, okay. So I started thinking about who's holding my ladder. And Nadia had been holding my ladder daily for six years down there. So I said, I think Nadia has to go with me. If I thought I was wrong, one time I came back, I'd gone to the bank trying to get money. And the bank told me I needed to have $83,000 as a down payment. I said, if I had $83,000, I wouldn't be standing in your bank. So I come back and I tell Nadia, well, sis, we struck out. They said, I need $83,000. She said, okay. The next day she says, Amanda, how long do you need the $83,000? I said, who are you and what do you do, you little Haitian lady? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> she and her husband were willing to give their life savings to me for this vision. Now, of course, I did not take it, but the fact that they were willing to invest in what God had given me said, that's who's holding my ladder. Mm. So Nadia, that's where she came from. My practice manager, the uh, guy who painted my building, who I had a bunch of contractors coming to paint and or give me an estimate, but I knew that it was going to be a local small business. Like I already had a sweet spot for small people. And so we're walking into a restaurant for lunch and I see this guy and I said, it's you, it's you, it's you. And he was like, it's me. And I said, I need your card. And he said, okay. So he gets me his card. He came and gave me an estimate. I had a number in my head of how much I could pay. He came in and hit it on the head. So I said, it's you. So he painted the building as he's painting. He says, Amanda, you should meet my wife. I said, mm -hmm, I should meet your wife. He said, you should. You, she's really good. She's been in healthcare for a long time in the administrative side. So I said, okay. Was well, we get closer to the grand opening and I don't have a receptionist or a practice manager. I said, can I meet your wife? <laughs> and so she came over in all her Southern Belle flair, which is, you know, I'm a Belle. So she won me just in her dress. And that's where Sarah came from. Wow. So, and then I have two part-time employees who cover the weekends because we're open on Saturday. And that's Latoya, who was already my medical assistant down at the other place, who she comes down now. And my stepdaughter is here for the summer. Wow. So I guess you're going to take the whole, whole practice from the other person over. I did. I did. <laughs> they were hot as fish grease and could do nothing because I didn't have a non-compete. <laughs> so... What's your vision for your business next two, three years? What's your vision? So I envision that Ultimate Health, we will have um, three locations over the next five years. We're currently located in Leesburg. My goal is next year or in 2023 to open a Popka location where I'm going to steal the nurse practitioner that replaced me down there. And then in 2025, I want to open one in my hometown of Winter Haven where my sister-in-law will, will uh, run that location. Oh, wow. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So what are some of the challenges that you face starting a business? Capital. That is mm. the biggest, biggest, big capital and then preparing properly. My computer's going to die. Um, in the beginning, it was, of course, I needed money. So um, our story is a little unique in that we were able to purchase the building that we're in. So we're not mm. renting. Yeah. Um, um, we purchased the building with a... Um, SBA loan. SBA loan in the middle of a pandemic oh, 
was one of the hardest things you'll ever, ever try to get. But um, I worked with um, the SBDC, which is the Small Business Development Coalition, which is free, free. Work with them. They helped me prepare my application for the SBA. It was approved. Now it wasn't approved one, two, three, but it was approved. And in that, um, my consultant, she made sure that not only did we plan for the purchase of the building, but the plan for the purchase of all the equipment and six months of working capital to uh, for salaries and for um, expenses. And so we did that and it worked amazingly. I think we were profitable in three months. Now it was like $27, but it was still a profit <laughs> in three months. Whereas the bank had given me a charge to be profitable in six months and we were profitable $27 in three months. <laughs> Hey, it's proper, right? Buys <laughs> lunch, right? <laughs> so, all right. So, any words of wisdom to anyone that's trying to start a business in your field? What can you give to people before we close? Get a mentor. Get a mentor. Get a mentor. Get a mentor. Someone who has walked the walk, who so that you can avoid some of those pitfalls. I can tell you right up front what not to do. Don't buy laser equipment. I bought laser equipment. Don't do that. Um, don't make huge investments right up front. Kind of work thin or work real lean in the beginning. So get a mentor and plan. Get the, the capital up front. Don't just jump out because everyone is doing it. Really sit down, work with an accountant so that you know what those numbers will look like. I remember when we were preparing, we were estimating and guessing and we did really good. But I think that you can see from the other side that some stuff we missed. <laughs> I underestimated something. So a mentor and just counsel, wise counsel, just get wise counsel. Mm. That was a good tip right there. So how can <laughs> people find out about your business online, social media? You had a floor yeah. man. Yes, Ultimate Health, uh, Ultimate Health DPC at or ultimatehealthdpc.com is our website. We are also on YouTube at Ultimate Health DPC. We're on Instagram, Ultimate Health DPC, and Facebook, Ultimate Health DPC. Um, and that's very important to be consistent in, in your, your tags, just a little FYI, being consistent in your tags. So we are everywhere. Or if you just Google me, you will find <laughs> lots of information <laughs> about us because it's funny. The people in our community, they don't know that I own Ultimate Health. They go, you going down to Amanda's? They think it's called Amanda's. You going down to Amanda's? <laughs> well, at least they know who the owner is. Well, they, 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 oh, at least where to go, right? And that's something, a little extra tidbit. Remember about branding. You are the company and the company is you. So I am the brand. Whenever you see me, you see Ultimate Health because I'm representing it. So I can't be out twerking, uh, not locally anyway, uh, because <laughs> people will associate me with my company. Well, Amanda, I love your energy. Thank you for your time. And we'll continue. Thank you for being my client too. And Absolutely. spread the word. So, I will. You listen to the Your Money Hour podcast. Again, this is Dakota Grady, your co your host, and Amanda Nils, my client and my, my guest today. Log in, tap into the show. It will be available. And when it's available, I'll let you all know. Again, Dakota Grady, signing off today. Thanks, guys. <laughs>